Wallamani, welcome. My name's Ian Campbell from Palliative Care Australia in Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples. Welcome to Thursdays at 3, our regular series of conversations with people living and working at the end of life. The Aged Care Royal Commission made 12 recommendations pointing out the need for palliative care and dementia care to be better understood and better integrated into aged care services. Today, we hear from three people chipping away at that vision through LDAC, End of Life Directions for Aged Care. Today, we'll hear from Deb Parker from the University of Technology in Sydney, Rebecca Moore from the University of Technology in Queensland, and Amu Chandran, a clinical nurse at Sundale in Queensland. Welcome to you all. Looking forward to teasing out this conversation with you. Deb, let's start with you. Uh, you're a professor of aged care and dementia nursing at the University of Technology in Sydney and a key contributor to the LDAC project. Let's start at the very beginning, as Julie Andrews would say. <laughs> Tell us about LDAC and the vision for LDAC, what you're trying to do. Well, thanks. <clears throat> so LDAC has uh, four uh, main objectives uh, that uh, we are tasked to meet. So we have to provide specialist palliative care and advanced care planning advice to aged care providers and GPs um, who are providing uh, health care for recipients of aged care services. And when I say aged care services, we are covering uh, people who are in the home care space um, and in the residential um, space. We have to improve linkages between aged care services and palliative care services, and you'll uh, hear more about that um, uh, in the program. Improve the palliative care skills and advanced care planning expertise of the aged care staff and GPs. And most importantly, improve the quality of care for the aged care recipients. We're particularly focused on trying to prevent unnecessary hospital admissions and shorten hospital stays for people who may have to go uh, to hospital at this time of their life. Deb, where does the fire in your belly for this come from? Really important work, really tangible work that LDAC is, is leading. Where does the fire in your belly come from? So I'm an aged care nurse, as you've already introduced me um, as. I worked clinically for many years before putting on my uh, academic uh, hat um, and across the different aged care uh, uh, settings, uh, I worked uh, clinically. And I guess, you know, one of the things that I saw during that time was, um, and I felt quite ill-prepared, I guess, to, in terms of providing uh, end-of-life care or uh, care for people dying um, uh, during that time. Uh, not something I learned in my uh, training um, at all. And so I think the recognition of just the importance of um, providing that sort of care to our older um, uh, Australians um, is really important. Um, and knowing that, you know, in a busy work day, the clinical staff um, or other staff um, that work in these services, hospitality staff or, you know, uh, cleaning staff or whatever, everybody is part of uh, the journey of um, caring for somebody at the end of life. Um, and just some of the, you know, difficulties perhaps in having that knowledge um, and, you know, really being able to apply that. And so my, you know, I've worked in this area for, you know, 20 odd years, specifically looking at uh, palliative care um, in the aged care setting. So it is a life's passion uh, for me. And Deb, many will be surprised to hear that that end of life care, that, that palliative care isn't part of a nursing degree, isn't part of a, a, a medical degree. Um, 
and indeed that's the gap that LDAC looks to to fill through the the, the toolkits that that LDAC is is rolling out across the country and the LDAC website is is a bottomless pit of of educational resources but these toolkits are designed to, to I guess fill in that gap that that nurses and doctors don't necessarily get that perhaps many people assume they get through their university education through their practical experience yeah look the toolkits were I guess an idea of um, how to bring together a, a vast amount of um, evidence um, and, and knowledge um, for people who are very busy, um, you know, in the workplace and the work during the work um, hours. Um, we're particularly interested in, uh, I guess, the, the where we've got good evidence. Um, so, you know, trying to really promote that evidence-based care. Um, so the idea behind the toolkits really is to um, when people come to the LDAC website, when you um, go to a toolkit, so we've got uh, currently we've got seven active toolkits. We will have eight um, with the full suite of toolkits. Um, but the idea being that if so, you work in uh, the residential aged care um, setting, that you would uh, probably the first port of call would be to look at the residential aged care toolkit. And the way that's structured um, is there's a clinical section. Um, and so we're, we use what we call the LDAC care model, which really steps people through right from advanced care planning um, right up to bereavement. And it follows um, some of the domains of palliative care and of, uh, that we think are really important for people. Um, but you may just be today um, as a busy clinician, you may uh, just be focused today. You've got somebody who, um, you know, is in say the last week of life and you're thinking, well, what do I do? Um, what do I say perhaps to uh, family members? How do I support um, other staff within the facility and so within that toolkit within that clinical section you would click on the manage dying uh, section and it gives you some ready sort of tips about uh, you know how to manage that uh, often some uh, brochures or uh, things for family members so really practical information is is the whole idea of the toolkits but also we are really mindful and i'm sure Amu will talk about this uh when you uh interview her is um change cannot occur just by upskilling individuals alone in terms of providing education or the clinical tools it's really important to have organizational structures and processes and change occur and so the toolkits that i've developed also have an organizational section which really i guess tells you okay how are you going to go about change and it has audit processes um, setting up a working group um, so that you can really get on that journey as an organization um, mm -hmm. and so you've got information for individuals um, we've got educational information for individuals but we do have stuff for you um, working at an organizational level as well as you say, Deb, there's the residential aged care toolkit, the home care toolkit, and the dementia toolkit, and and yeah. and more to come, and more there on the the LDAC website now. Rebecca, let's bring you into this conversation. Rebecca, you're from the Queensland University of Technology. You're a, a project coordinator with LDAC's Linkages program. Tell us about the Linkages program. That plays a, a critical role in, I guess, the the implementation of the the toolkits, and and pointing to what Deb was saying about embedding the learnings of the toolkits, embedding the practices of the toolkits into the culture of an organisation. Tell us about the Linkages program. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. 
So the Linkages program is a palliative care and advanced care planning initiative um, that aims to improve the quality of care uh, for recipients of aged care services. Um, there's a framework that is provided in the program that helps the participating aged care services to consider, to review their current processes around palliative care and advanced care planning, and then to work towards improvements in those, um, in those processes to, to improve their capacity to deliver palliative care and advanced care planning, and also to really importantly, improve their linkages with other care providers um, who basically, who are having an influence on their outcomes. So while it, it's a structured process and program, um, the thing I really like about it is that we can suit it to the need of the individual service. Uh, so dependent upon what their priorities of improvement are and what activities they decide to undertake. So it provides that structured framework, but can be, um, can be suited to need. Um, so yeah, the program normally runs over 12 to 18 month period. And uh, we actively recruit services from across Australia, all states and territories, and different types of providers as well, from small single service organisations to large multi-service organisations. Um, whether that be rural, remote, urban, we try to get a really good mix um, across Australia. And uh, I suppose an important part of the program is that they get assigned to work with one of the project coordinators, so like myself. Um, and we really support the service um, along there and through their participation in the program. So whether that be by, um, well, we meet with them regularly, um, at least monthly, we will help them navigate to different resources dependent upon what they're trying to improve. And um, we also utilise evidence-based linkage strategies to help them either improve existing connections with other providers like specialist palcare services or to create new linkages with other providers that have um, that influence in the provision of end-of-life care. Rebecca, it sounds like rich, rewarding work you do. It sounds like you guys are, are, are people's buddies uh, in, in this process. You hold people's hand in this reform process. And I'm looking forward to hearing of Amu's experience with this. But, but am I right in sort of summing it up as you guys are the buddies in this reform process for people? You really, you really are um, right. And it's funny, we really do walk the walk with them. Um, we get to know the services and the organisation so well, um, and the teams. Um, so yeah, we, we really do work together. Amu Chandran, let's bring you into this. Here I am in a cold Canberra winter. You're sitting there in, in Queensland. You're a, a clinical nurse at Sundale at Palmwood in Queensland, uh, representing Sundale today, a community-based not-for-profit aged care provider offering care in a range of, of settings. What got you and Sundale involved in the Linkages program. Amu, what made you pick up the phone or send that email to, to Rebecca and the Linkages team? Yes, um, I would like to share a lot of uh, initiatives being participated with LDAC uh, program. 
Uh, I think when there was an EOI released from LDAC, our service has agreed to participate in the Linkages program and LDAC project. Um, our three services and one home care um, providers, they have joined um, in this project. So um, it is mainly, uh, we thought we need to improve our palliative care service and advanced care planning experience for our residents. Uh, in the sector, and we have assessed um, that that is needed at this stage to improve the quality of palliative care um, because it is become more evident that um, aged care services will receive that kind of, um, well, we have to provide that type of palliative care for a major population in future. So it is very important um, to bring up those standards and quality into the service. Um, that is the predominant um, intention to join with the LDAC project and uh, linkages program. Um, Amu, as I'm sure you'd appreciate, palliative care and end-of-life planning are, are, can be difficult subjects to, to raise. And yes. indeed, the linkages program and the toolkits from LDAC help your staff to do that. But tell us a bit more about the, the positive impact you've seen with with your residents, with your patients and their, their families, when you have these conversations about the end of life and, and living yeah. well until the end yeah. of life, tell yeah. us about some of the, the positive impacts you've seen in within your patients, within your residents and their families. Yeah, with the toolkits after, I mean, it was very difficult initially to bring that whole uh, process into practice and uh, getting the staff, you know, uh, it is really difficult for us to bring the whole staff in for an education or a training session uh, while we have these sort of um, challenges in aged care settings. Yes. Um, but somehow when we when we talk about the advantages of up upskilling the knowledge and uh, palliative care and advanced care planning areas, our staff take it on really positively and they were very interested in participating in those educational events. Um, we have commenced on advanced care planning events and also the palliative care education events in our facility. So we have hosted that on site to improve the knowledge in staff, um, advanced care planning and palliative care. Also, what we have done uh, for the residents, uh, education in advanced care planning and uh, palliative care education also we have provided to their families. So we hosted um, a, an education um, program with the support of the specialist palliative care unit social worker uh, to make an awareness within our community. So these community people usually, uh, they are the usual consumers of our service. So when they come to our service, it will be very easy for them to understand, okay, what is advanced care planning? So what is the, uh, what is residential aged care palliative care service that they can receive from us and uh, it is difficult when anyone come to the aged care sector like uh, a resident comes to the aged care facility it's a big transition for their the whole life you know and um, the families the resident they're all in a difficult situation to discuss about the end of life um, plans advanced care planning choices and their values and preferences so what we thought initially, we we want to educate these people um, before they're coming to the aged care. So we have an adjacent community. The, those are the people who are um, in future, they approach to our facility for more cares and stuff like that. So we mm -hmm. hosted that 
advanced care planning education for them. There, there was a lot of things that we have done after that education, and we have identified what they actually need in terms of um, bereavement and also self-care areas. And um, what our staff also were included in that education. So the staff were saying, okay, why don't we have to, why, why don't we just get this ongoing support uh, through this um, resources, the useful resources from LDAC, and to set up that ongoing education to achieve a greater outcome. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that we have done, Ian, and it's not enough to complete <laughs> within these 30 minutes. And it, it is huge, yes. It I, sounds I, huge, Amur. You must be, um, you're, you're, a, you're a busy woman, a, a busy clinical leader, but you've achieved so much. What you've done there is is really inspiring. Rebecca, Deb, you must be dancing under your desk when you hear some of the achievements that Amu and her team at Sundale have been able to implement with your tools and, and resources. Rebecca, what do you bring to this, knowing Amu and working with, with Amu and her, her team? What have you seen? What impact have you seen? Um, Amu has um, really grasped onto this role. Um, she uh, She's my main contact at the site together with the service manager. Um, and uh, I think she um, admitted she'll be a little bit lost um, as we wrap up the active part of this participation um, in the program. Um, I've seen an incredible growth in their confidence um, as well as their knowledge um, in having those conversations. Um, and um, I think uh, Deb, you both touched on it, that um, just improving education um, of staff is, is not enough. Um, we've also, whilst that's been a huge focus at Sundale and they ran their own palliative care conference and Sundale have been very lucky to have a really supportive specialist palliative care service um, and one of the activities that we did was all about looking at improving their communications and processes with that service. And, and have had great um, outcomes from that. Um, they've been very engaged in supporting education um, with staff and uh, residents and families, um, as well as um, also doing needs rounding and having that real clinical improvement as well. But um, one of, uh, I think, the cl clinical governance, the, the really important part and I think a main contributor to the successes that Sundale have been able to achieve out of their participation in the program has been that organisational level support and improvement that Deb mentioned as well. Um, so they've very much adopted the use, the routine use and completion of the after death audit, um, which is just invaluable in providing them with direction about what they're doing well, what they might want to um, look at improving and also being able to measure over over time the improvements that they do make. Deb, such an impressive story that we've just heard from Amu and, and Rebecca. And I think uh, apart from that sort of deep strategic reform that Rebecca just points to there within the organisation, what I take from Amu's experience is the sharing of the skills across her, her workforce, that this responsibility just doesn't sit with clinical leaders like Amu anymore, but, but everyone in an aged care facility, everyone on the, the ward can pick up these skills. And the toolkits make some pretty big topics accessible, things like dementia care, 
um, some pretty big topics accessible so that that knowledge can be shared amongst a broad group of people? I think if you're uh, new to this, um, it, it can be quite scary to think, uh, well, where do I start? What do I do? This is a complex topic, um, you know, and so sometimes that just stops people in their tracks. Um, and so they just don't know, you know, where where to start. Um, so, you know, the idea of having, um, you know, topics on uh, specific areas in the Dementia Toolkit, we cover some very specific areas um, for uh, people with dementia that might be a little bit more challenging uh, in, in uh, residential care or home care, um, you know, things like pain assessment, um, uh, you know, nutrition, um, you know, the the advanced care planning conversations, uh, you know, the end of life uh, uh, law toolkit um, is amazing with the information that's in uh, in that uh, toolkit. Uh, there's a lot of cross linkages across the toolkit so that we try and do the work for people as well. So Deb, as you're saying, LDAC's vision is to make this easy for people, uh, to, to be a buddy in this process of reform that all Australians are really hungry for and and facilities like Amuse are really making ground on. Where would you point people as a, as a starting point for this journey? Yeah, look, I think uh, <clears throat> if you go to the LDAC website, I think uh, that there is uh, sort of fairly clear signposting. I think the toolkits are a great start if you're looking for some clinical uh, components um, and then, you know, think to yourself, you know, Am I working in a particular setting? You know, I'm out, am, am I in home care? Is that where I should start? Am I in residential aged care? Am I in primary care? Because, you know, we have a primary care toolkit, which is really great for um, people working in primary care, and it may be GPs, but it may be um, also nurses or other people, allied health working in primary care. Um, we have an allied health toolkit. Um, uh, and then we have, you know, the, the dementia toolkit uh, and the law toolkit. So I think, you know, Click on the LDAC website uh, link, uh, have a quick look at the menu there um, and uh, and then sort of think, well, what, what am I here for today? The idea of having such a comprehensive program of work and a website with uh, so many things on um, is that we actually want you to come back and be a repeat offender. Uh, so, and we, you know, we, we would love people to, today you come in to look at a particular uh, topic because that's what you need today, but maybe have a quick, quick look around, see what else you might come back on another day. And, uh, you know, a real plug for, uh, one thing that uh, the Flinders team has developed, which has been incredibly popular, particularly during um, COVID and post-COVID, uh, is the self-care room. And yes. that's, that's got some really fantastic resources for you as an individual. And you might use those resources um, as part of your work. You might use it just because we're all people and we all have things going on in our personal life as well. Uh, we all deal with, you know, death and living and dying. Um, yes. and so so that's a great resource um, as well. So I think when you go to the LDAC uh, website, just have in mind, what do I need to know today? Navigate to that, but just be open-minded. Please come back. A nice point to end on. Thank you so much for your time, Deb, Rebecca and Amu. Thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom and your work and highlighting the tools and resources available 
to better embed palliative care and dementia care into aged care services. Um, please pass on our regards to your team there, Amu, at, um, at Sundale. Impressive work. Thank you for being Thank here. You. You'll find so much more on the LDAC website, as Deb was just saying. Go and have a look and uh, see what it can do for you. You'll also find a link to the LDAC uh, website in our show notes as well. And thanks for tuning in to Thursdays at 3, whether it's via PCA socials or Spotify and engaging with matters of life and death. You'll find more advice, tools and support at the Palliative Care Australia website, where you can also make a donation to support our work. See you next Thursday. Bye.